Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Always happy to be joined by our friend and colleague, the colleague rather, the one and only Dan McLaughlin, Danny Mack, joining us here on BK and Ferrario via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Dan, how you doing today, man? Hey, morning, fellas. How we doing? Uh, we're doing all right. So earlier today, I was reading Derek Gould in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and he did his weekly chat yesterday. And I always love reading it because I think he's got some really good insights into the Cardinals. And one of the Cardinals fans in there asks Derek Gould about what his expectation is for this middle infield rotation early in the season next year. And Derek said he expects that they will start Paul DeYoung at shortstop, Tommy Edmond at second base. He has Sosa as their utility man, and he thinks Brendan Donovan will probably fill the role of what was left from Jose Rondon. And that means that Nolan Gorman, at least as of now, according to Derek Gould, would start the year at AAA. Dan, I know you pay attention to these prospects as much as anybody. And over at Scoops with Danny Mack, you do a great job talking with uh, Brian Walton. What are your expectations for Nolan Gorman and what his role will be early in the season for the Cardinals? Well, I think that's definitely a scenario that could unfold. Um, I think part of this will be due to the fact that we may have a shortened spring. So um, do we have a, a CBA completed and do we have a full spring training at that point? And then you get a full look at both Brendan Donovan and at Nolan Gorman. Remember, guys can force their way onto the roster by the spring that they have. And we saw that last uh, last spring with Rondon. Um, the other thing I would say is, do they have a potential DH in mind? And I'm going to go ahead and think that we have a DH in play in the National League coming out of the uh, the CBA once it's resolved. And a lot of teams do not want to just pigeonhole a player and say, well, you know, I'm going to take this young guy, even though he can swing the bat and, uh, and make him a DH unless it's the body type that is looking like a DH. And so from all accounts and the people that I talked to, Nolan Gorman has made the transition to second base and has made it quite well. What complicates this, I think in a good way too, potentially is what happens at shortstop. You know, Tommy Edmond gives you, flexibility to play second base. I would prefer him at second base. And I don't think we give him enough credit for what he's done at second base and the job that he's done there. Goodness sakes, the guy just won a gold glove. So, you know, I mean, I can I understand that he's got flexibility, can play the outfield and, and play it well and play shortstop and be fine. But I don't want to take away what his strength is, which is playing second base. But if he needed to, and the other two guys are not, uh, you know, playing to the level that you need him to, which is the young and Sosa, then that opens up another avenue potentially uh, for, no- for Nolan Gorman. But, you know, looking at it right now, it's a very right-handed heavy lineup with the exception of Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. So that's another plus for both Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman. Both guys hit from the left side. Brendan Donovan's an infielder that's been added to the 40-man roster, by the way. He was added there in November. 
who was an Arizona Fall League All-Star and should be a guy that we see at some point this season with the Cardinals. Dan, who is your DH if the season were to start next week? Is is that DH on this team right now? I think it could be. I, I think you look at the rotation that you kind of finished up with last year on your bench, and one of the guys that, that obviously comes to mind would be Lars Newpar again, hitting from the left side. And I think anybody that hits from the left side is going to have an advantage because the the lineup is so right-handed heavy. Um, and I know a lot of people look at saying, well, you could, you know, give uh, Arenado a day or Goldie a day. I don't want to give them any days because they're so important for what they do defensively. Um, but, you know, that rotation of the outfielders, same thing. I'm not sure I want to give any of those guys much time to where I'm saying, well, I'm just going to start rotating players. Um, but I think that that player could be on the roster right now. I would look at a new bar as being someone that, that would uh, be in the conversation. Again, I think maybe Nolan Gorman, depending on how much spring training we get and the look that we get at him. And I think the other thing that we have to consider, fellas, is Ali Marmol, by all accounts, and I can't wait to have the chance to visit with him, but it does seem like he's going to be a little bit more of a manager that tinkers with the lineup, uh, who bats lead off, who's going to back clean up, who moves down, who moves up. There could be a lot of maneuvering with that, which also then maybe tinkers with your designated hitter as you move forward in the season. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, Lars Newtbar, and we're talking to Danny Mack, Cardinals broadcaster for Valley Sports Midwest. You can also find him over on Twitter at Danny Mac TV. Uh, you mentioned Newtbar, and he was the guy last year that came out of nowhere, and it feels like it's maybe not an annual thing, but pretty close to it with the Cardinals. You'll have a player that by the end of the season is a significant contributor who at the beginning of the year, many of us didn't even know really much about them at all. Is there a guy, Dan, that you've heard of that you think might be on the come that by July or August, they're going to be a pretty significant contributor that most fans don't know a whole lot about right now. I think we already mentioned one that'd be Brendan Donovan. Um, I think if you ask the casual fan, do you know about Brendan Donovan? And they'd say, well, I'd be a minor league guy and I've kind of heard about him. And, uh, you know, didn't they add him to the 40? Well, yeah, he's a good player. Uh, the strength right now of the Cardinal system, it seems to be, um, and I'm talking about position players, would be middle infield. And he's one of the guys that comes to mind. Another one would be another outfielder that was drafted. Not that long ago, in 2020, again, another outfielder that hits from the left side, which might help him and can play multiple positions in the outfield. That's Alec Burleson, another one that I know the Cardinals are very high on. And then a pitcher that I think is kind of sliding under the radar. I mean, we we talk and hear so much about Matthew Libertor for obvious reasons, but uh, Jake Walsh is another one. He's had some injury issues in the past, but he's a guy that uh, I think could emerge and, and give the Cardinals some innings in some type of role. Now, what that role would be, who knows? And if you get off to a slow start in terms of games played, meaning the season gets going and you only have three weeks of spring training and you need arms and you need depth, and we've seen that you need that no matter what, uh, I could see Jake Walsh being one of those guys that maybe the Cardinals call upon as well from the pitching side. Danny, speaking of, of emerging, Tommy Edmond, look, I mean, he's broke out these last couple of seasons, and I think so many people were talking about him as a top 10 second baseman after his last year. But according to MLB Network Radio, they did a list a couple of days ago, and they didn't have him as a top 10 second baseman right now in Major League Baseball. What does he need to do this season to put himself in that conversation? I look at that list, and a lot of those guys are guys that hit for a ton of power, and I don't think that he's going to be that guy, although when you look up, 
he's got 40-plus doubles, <laughs> and he's stealing bases, and he wins a gold glove. And, and that's what I'm talking about earlier, guys. I, I don't quite understand, and maybe it's because I see him play every day. And I'm not trying to be a homer here, but he can flat-out play. Now, there are deficiencies at the plate from one side of the plate to the other, and I understand that, and you can make a case that you know he needs to play against right-handed pitching or play against left-handed pitching or whatever You know, when, when you've got a switch hitter. I understand that. But to the steadiness that he brings to your team, um, I'm not sure he gets enough credit. And the, the fact that he wins a gold glove the first year after Colton Wong leaves St. Louis, there, there should be some credit to that. And there's not enough emphasis put on that. And I think a lot of times that these rankings look at just the, the national look at power instead of just looking at the overall body of work. And I, I just thought he was a very steady player. And remember, he saved the Cardinals bacon the first couple of months of the season because his, of his versatility and what he was able to do in the outfield. So I really just don't want to tinker with him. I understand Gorman's coming, but um, that's somebody that I, I just love to see him play every single day because he's going to save you some runs at second base too. And God, he looked good in the playoffs as well. That's the yeah. other thing. The, the moment just did not look too big for him. And no. that's, that's something that it, it is meaningful for these guys if the Cardinals are going to be playing for uh, a potential title this upcoming year. Dan, I wanted to ask you about another guy that's going to be hugely important to the Cardinals in 2022, and that's Nolan Arnato. I saw this from Sarah Langs of MLB Network. I, I find this to be fascinating, and you know I'm, I'm a nerd with some of the numbers. So I want to get your thoughts on this. According to Sarah Langs, last year Nolan Arenado hit 220 against fastballs. He had the slugging percentage of 440 against fastballs. Now, in his career, he's been a guy that typically hits like 290 or above with a slugging percentage in the 600s against fastballs. What does that tell you? Is there anything meaningful that we can take from that? And does it indicate that we should be expecting a better year production-wise for Arenado next year? I am, and that's saying a lot for a guy that had whatever 30-plus home runs, drove in 100. Here's one of the things I was thinking about, and I did see that tweet. Number one, I think he gets pitched differently in St. Louis. Number two, you have to remember when you're playing half your games at Coors, and I know his split's coming out of there, and, and he proved that theory wrong that, okay, you're a product of Coors, but the ball does move differently, and pitchers pitch differently. And when you have half your games there, sometimes you're, you may see more fastballs. Sometimes you're going to see more breaking balls. The breaking ball looks different. The fastball looks different. And I just think that now that he has a season under his belt, it could be that, that adjustment that he has now gets the, the chance to make. And maybe it was a situation where they pitched him differently, being in a different stadium primarily with the exception of the four-game series in, in Denver. And the, and the pitches, guys, the actual pitches come out differently. I don't care if you're throwing slider, fastball, changeup, curveball. It's just different when you're at Coors Field. So it's an adjustment period when he's played all those games, all those years in Denver. And where he's going to be in the lineup, I also think that that changed too. So – to break down where he was in the lineup, who hits behind him, I think is something to keep in mind as well. Final thing for you, Dan. There was some legitimately good news earlier today in Major League Baseball. Yeah. According to Jeff Passan, uh, the two sides, the players and the owners, are expected to have a bargaining session on Thursday. MLB is expected to make a, quote, core economics proposal at that session. It'll be the first time those two sides have met in about six weeks at that point. 
Are you hopeful about a deal getting done sooner rather than later? Where are we? Where are you at right now when it comes to this collective bargaining agreement? I'm just happy they're getting together and to get the ball rolling uh, one way or another. Um, but just the fact that we're hearing that there's going to be, you know, some type of core economic discussion, bottom line, BK, that's where it starts and we'll see where it takes us. Probably some of it won't be pretty. Some of it might be easier than we thought, but uh, let's get it done. And I, I do, I, I've said this from day one. I just think that both sides understand where we're at uh, in our country, in our world, and the importance of getting back to playing baseball, especially two years ago with a truncated season and only 60 games last year with many teams with uh, attendances that were at 15%, 20%, then it was 30 I mean, everybody was losing money, um, relatively speaking, obviously, um, to the what, you know, what a normal season would look like. So I think they all understand that getting back to normalcy is important for the sport and um, and that their fan base wants it and get back on the field and start playing. So if this is the ball that gets it rolling, let's do it. He's Danny Mack. You can find him on Twitter at Danny Mac TV. We love catching up with him each and every Tuesday here on BK and Ferrario. Dan, stay well, my man. We'll talk with you again next week. You guys got it. Thanks so much. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me. Did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.